Warning, the Motion Picture Association of America requires that we inform you that this episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies contains massive spoilers that could ruin a first-time screening of the film covered in this episode. So, if you don't want to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's that Goose in Top Gun, that is really Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspects, or that Bruce Willis was a the whole time in The Sixth Sense, then proceed with caution. Powered by Transistor FM. Grab your popcorn, silence your phones, and tell your friends to shut up. Do not adjust your projector settings because what you're about to hear is real. The Derek Duvall Show presents Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. Prepare yourself for insight and honest reviews from a married couple with varying movie tastes. Hot takes, hotter insights, and news you can use. Now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Mindy and Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. We are back with another fantastic episode. Mindy, please tell us what film we're going to be talking about today. Today, we are going to be talking about the 1989 classic Batman starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Which is funny Starring because Michael Keaton as the title character with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> which is funny because Jack Nicholson actually is billed above Michael Keaton in this movie. Do you know that? No. Yeah, she is. It was part of his like it was part of his like negotiation for being in the role. He wanted basically top billing and he also wanted he was the first one of the very first people to get a gross point. Do you know what a gross point is? Yes, Derek. Tell our viewers, our listeners, in case they don't. A gross point is basically something you get on the back end of like a basically you get a proceedings of the box office. So yeah, he made he made bank on this movie, <laughs> like a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So anyway, but yeah, no, 1989, the, or as we like to call it, Batman '89. It's kind of like it's kind of like the nickname for the film because it's been so many different other Batmans. So we call it Batman '89, and that's what everybody knows. Basically, knows the movie, he knows it as. One of the greatest films in the history of the DC universe, it, basically one of the greatest comic book movies, kind of set the kind of set the bar for comic book movies going forward. Because up to this point, Batman was the Adam West Batman, the campy, you know, boom, pow, kapow, you know, Batman and Robin, that sort of thing. This was dark, broody Batman. This is the dark gothic Gotham City that we've all come to know and love now because ever since then, we have not deviated from this formula in any way, shape, or form because $411 million box office on an eighty on a $48 million budget says we don't deviate from this formula in any way, shape, or form, folks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Mindy, this is probably a silly question, but what did you know about this movie going into this? <laughs> Well, into this particular viewing, I'd seen it a million times or several <laughs> times, I would say. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen it multiple times before. When was the first time you saw it? When was the first time you saw it? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I went and saw it in the theaters like you probably did. I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. 
probably just caught it on TV like I did most films back in the day. <laughs> kind of like the Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, so I probably didn't get to see the full version until, you know, recently. <laughs> no, not real recently. We've been watching this movie pretty regularly since we've been together, so I've seen it yeah. a lot. I remember the very first time I saw this was 1989. Um, my dad took, I was still living in the UK. My dad took me to see it because it was the first film to be rated 12. They, they created a special rating just for this film. In which the now, UK. In the UK, uh, which in America would be like PG-13. The rated 12, which means dad had to go with me to see it. And he was like, yeah, whatever. He was never a big Batman fan. I loved it. And I went and saw it twice in the theaters, and uh, much to his chagrin. I was going to say, so you made your dad take you twice. <laughs> made that take me twice, but no, um, it was it was great. One of my favorite memories growing up. But basic plot for this film, real simple, is uh, Batman very early in his crusade to rid Gotham City of crime finds a gangster named Jack Napier uh, who murdered his family. And basically causes him to fall into a vat of chemicals, transforming him into the psychotic gangster master criminal mastermind known as the Joker. And Joker proceeds to unleash a, a crime wave of hell on Gotham. And it's up to Batman to save the day. It doesn't get any simpler than that, folks. That is how you make a simple movie. <laughs> and I don't. I don't think he knew that Jack Napier had killed his family before he accidentally turned him into the Joker. I want to just clarify no. that. It wasn't like a revenge thing. Yeah. It was when he realized he told uh, Bruce Wayne when he was meeting Bruce Wayne, he goes, have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight? And that was what the, the mugger said to him when he killed his parents. He was like, oh, my God, that guy is the guy who killed my yeah. parents. Yep. But, yeah, no, it was uh, – yeah, it was. It's, it's such a great movie. It's nostalgia. It's pure nostalgia for me. I can watch that movie a million times and I still get goosebumps in all the right places. First time I see hear that theme, do, 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 do. Oh my God, dude. I get, I'm like, yes, I am in. So, I'm so glad you hummed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, Danny Elfman created a, one of the greatest musical scores with this movie. I mean, Danny Elfman, obviously one of the greatest film composers, all greatest musicians as well, but one of the greatest film composers ever. And for him to align with Tim Burton and make this absolutely just dark, gothic score for this un, like this completely new take on Batman was just genius. And he knocked it out of the park. It was just phenomenal. All right, Rotten Tomatoes score. It has a 74% critic score. And an 84% audience score. Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. It was a box office success. I mentioned it earlier. It was made for $48 million and it went on to make $411 million. So it's like pretty good, I guess. Yeah, everybody got paid on this one. So, all right. Well, I've talked long enough. Let's go ahead and go now to The Notebook. See what I did then? You hypnotized him. No, I use this. This is the most important piece of equipment you will ever own. This notebook has saved my skin more times than I care to mention. You should think about using yours more often. I do use mine. Show me. That's just extraordinary. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> so in this Batman movie, uh, Bruce Wayne is throwing a big fancy party to like fundraise for something. 
and Vicki Vale and her other reporter friend go because they're trying to get in and meet Bruce Wayne. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he looks like or anything. And which they find him, which is kind of hard to believe. Right. Yeah. Like the richest man in Gotham City. And you guys don't know who he well, is, but whatever. Even America. In America. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so they don't know what he looks like, but they they find themselves wandering around his vast, you know, rooms of his big mansion. And they are in the armory. So it has all these different displays of old, ancient, like armor and all this stuff. And they're kind of like making fun of him and like, you know, what is this weirdo collecting all this stuff for? And what is he, you know, trying to hide and, and all this stuff. And then of course, Bruce Wayne walks in and he's like, Hey, what's up guys. <laughs> so that was kind of funny how they met. And then the other thing I wrote down was I wondered if Jack Nicholson's face hurts because I feel like they had to like keep something in his mouth they to, did. to yeah. pry open his mouth for the Joker makeup. And yeah. I was like, man, that probably would hurt just to I'll have, have to your show face it to you. pried open all the time. I'll show it to you. They, they got a video of how they did it. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that just looked like it would hurt like after a while. Like, ooh. anyway, so I wrote that down. <laughs> And then I think, I can't remember who was going to call somebody, but they're like, let's look them up in the phone book. And I remember Derek saying back when they had phone books and I said, or mm -hmm. you, you said back when everyone was in the phone book. And I said, yeah, back when there were phone books, <laughs> like even, even more so. <laughs> and then, so one of the things that the Joker does in the movie is he starts contaminating different products so food, makeup, things like that, and people are dying from this. And so they find out that some of it has to do with like cosmetics and makeup. And so then they, they've been having all these news programs, you know, showing all these, these anchors reporting the news. And then when they get to the point where, oh gosh, now we found some people that have died because they wore some makeup that was contaminated so none of the anchors on the news can wear makeup so that was just kind of a funny like every like the both of the anchors on the news were just like bare-faced and you could see all their blemishes and imperfections and it was like oh that's what they really look like <laughs> so that that was funny i agree yeah. <laughs> um and then i just wrote down the batmobile and i underlined the because this was one of the coolest batmobiles so that was fun. It is. And then they also have something. So Vicki Vale gets a note supposedly from Bruce Wayne to meet her at what they call the Flugenheim Museum, which, you know, Gotham City is, in my mind, always supposed to be kind of a little bit of version of New York City. And so I wrote down Flugenheim equals Guggenheim Museum because I think they're just trying to be funny and parody yeah. New York City in a bit. And then Joker gets frustrated because Batman keeps kind of foiling his plans and things. And he just says, I have given a name to my pain and it is Batman. It's very good. <laughs> very good impersonation right there. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny line. <laughs> and then, like you said earlier, I wrote down this line too: ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And so we, we get a flashback of Bruce Wayne when he was a kid and where his parents got murdered. That's what the robber said to him before you let him go or before you ran off. And so when he says it again to him as an adult, he's like, what did you just say? Like, row. now, now he was going to go after you anyway, because you're being evil and he's Batman. But 
now to know that you also killed his parents, you are in trouble. <laughs> Um, and then I put uh, Prince singing on the soundtrack because there are a lot of great tunes in there. And Prince actually did some of the songs on the soundtrack. He wrote most of the songs on the soundtrack. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. And then I, I also wrote down that Vicky Vale wore a lot, what I thought was a lot of white. And I thought maybe that was something to kind of make her look like pure and good and innocent. Like I just noticed like she wore a lot of white colored outfits. Hmm. So I thought that was one thing i noticed and then the last thing i wrote down was why didn't batman use like one of his little like hook and pulley you know i don't know what those are called grapples to climb the stairs of the church like he's huffing and puffing up all these stairs and i'm like could he have just you know done that the easier way i don't know just very true like, seemed like it could be done a little more efficiently <laughs> <laughs> that's that is a good point, but we're not supposed to think about stuff like that. Remember? <laughs> sure, I am. I always think about things like that. Hmm. All right, that's all I had in my notebook. All right, the very interesting people who um, one of the greatest things people wanted the most is when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, and I've heard about this before, and I was too young to really appreciate it. A lot of controversy. People didn't like the idea because people are only known for comedic roles, like Mr. Dad. And uh, Beetlejuice, Mr. Mom, Mr. Mo sorry, Mr. Mom, sorry, <laughs> Beetlejuice, and and so forth. So when they said that he's going to be playing um, Batman, people were like, "Mr. Mom, really?" <laughs> you know, like no one would believe it. And he ended up being pretty much the gold standard for the character mm -hmm. going forward. The other one that's interesting is people. Apparently, people who were who were up for the role was people who all turned it down. Mel Gibson, huh. Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, huh. Tom Selleck. This is interesting. Bill Murray. I could not see that. I know. Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, and the one who um, apparently was very close to being cast, Pierce Brosnan. Huh. But he apparently had no interest in playing a comic book character. Yeah. So now, but the but this is the interesting one. Everybody always wants to play the villain, right? And this is the one that's very interesting. Guess who wanted to play the Joker? This is and this is everybody here who auditioned but didn't get the part. Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, John, I could see that. Yeah. Tim Curry, John Lithgow, Brad Dorith, Ray Liotta, James Woods, David Bowie. John, John Glover, and this is the one, apparently the one who lobbied the hardest, Robin Williams. Oh, my gosh. Robin Williams apparently Robin lobbied. Robin Williams playing the Joker. Joker. Yeah. <laughs> he lobbied so hard for the role, but he did, obviously didn't get it. But he always wanted to be in a Batman movie because <laughs> awesome. he was a big fan of the character. That's pretty fun. But Jack Nicholson was the studio's top choice because of the witches of Eastwick that said that he was mm. the top choice for the, for the Joker role. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't like a lot of those Batman potential Batman names. You yeah. spouted off. I was like, eh, no, but I could see several of those jokers doing a good job. Yeah. So. Mel Gibson. I could see doing Batman. I don't know. 
Mel, Mel Gibson, not not Lethal Weapon. Mel Gibson with the weird hair, but like <laughs> slick back, like the like the the middle, you know, forties. Mel Gibson. I could definitely give see him. A, give me a movie that you can tell me if he looked like that, he could play Batman Bruce Wayne. I'd have to show you a picture. I I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he, I could I could see I could see him playing. Um, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. But no, Robin Williams playing the Joker could have been an interesting choice. But Tim Curry would have been an interesting choice. Yeah, I was like, he kind of has the face for being the Joker yeah. <laughs> already. Like, his yeah. face kind of lends itself to that. Well, like, well, as soon as I read that, the only thing I could think about was Home Alone 2, where he smiles and all of a sudden, that, that <laughs> Cheshire Cat grin. I was like, that's the perfect cast for the Joker right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we all know John Lithgow can play psycho psychos after yeah. the Trinity Killer in, in Dexter. Yeah, but that uh, wasn't for like 20 more years. I know. So back David, then, you probably couldn't have seen him like that. Right. David Bowie's an inspired choice. Mm. And we all know David, David Bowie's Bowie. a great actor, but that was a, that's an inspired choice. Yeah, but, yeah, I wouldn't want him to see him being the bad guy. Say I what? Don't, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to see him being the bad guy. Yeah. But no, I think that this anyway, those that list of those names there was very interesting. Also, Sean Young was originally the first choice to play Vicky Vale. Who's that? She played uh, Ray Finkel in Ace Ventura. <laughs> okay. She's been in a million other things too, but that's all anybody ever remembers her for now is Ray Aww. Finkel. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. Anybody else notable people who didn't make the role? Uh Tommy Lee Jones was originally supposed to be um Harvey Dent, but Billy D. Williams was playing the role, but Tommy Lee Jones was later cast in the role in Batman Forever. So yeah. he ended up getting it anyway. Mm -hmm. So there you go. All right. All right. So let's go to our final uh, conclusions. Mindy, what is a one star? Bloody awful. Two stars? Bloody uninspired. Three stars? Bloody average. Four stars? Bloody brilliant. And five stars? Bloody marvelous. Mindy, go go ahead and go first. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what score Derek will give this film. So I'll go first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoy this film. It's a good, it's a good classic movie. We watch this pretty on the regular because Derek really likes this movie. And who doesn't love a good Batman movie? So I yeah, all around good movie. We watch it pretty often. I give it four stars. Bloody brilliant. This movie is the gold standard for comic book films. It is, it set the bar for everything that came after it. It's a perfect film. I can't find one flaw in it. Michael Keaton, Jad Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Robert Wool, everybody's in the movie just played absolutely fantastic role. I give it five stars. Bloody, bloody marvelous. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think I can't I can't slander this movie in any way, shape, or I would be doing a disservice to this film. So wow. all right. Well, thank you for tuning in for another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. We want to put a spotlight on our sponsor, BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show for 10% off your first month of therapy. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. And once again, if you keep listening to them, we will keep making them. Until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you at the movies, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com.
to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.